0: Hello and welcome to Stringer Podcast number 17. Another crossover episode. Yay! This week we have Matt D. Antonio on the podcast from the 416 Sports Show. That's right, talking a little bit of sporty sportiness, or I try to keep up as much as I can. At D underscore Nick, so D-I underscore Nick on Twitter, and at D-Nick on Instagram as well. Pretty exciting, cool dude, I've known him for a few years, and uh, we've been talking about this for a while. Actually, odd story, when I first was going to start the Stringer podcast, he came in and helped us do uh, a tech run-through, and to make sure, you know, levels were leveling and microphones were microphoning. So he actually is technically the first ever podcast guest, you just never heard it, but first. We got the weekend coming up, so it's time for the Stringer Big Weekend. Friday night, March 30th, Bad, Bad, Not Good. This one goes out to a good friend and absolutely rad producer, Aaron, who introduced me to these guys in one of her many music combos. And by combos, I mean she tells me what to listen to and she ends up being right. 7 p.m., the Danforth Music Hall, which is 147 Danforth Ave, described as the ever growing instrumental hip hop, jazz, electronica trio, these guys definitely have a groove about them. Tickets are still available, so head over to seatgiant.ca and use promo code STRINGER. That's right. In the near future, you're going to hear more about this, but we're going to be teaming up with Seat Giant to bring you tickets to events in the city. So, use promo code STRINGER. Just use it. Save a couple bucks that you didn't want to spend anyway, did you? And while you're there, buy tickets to whatever other awesome Toronto events you want to attend. Sports, music, movies, festivals, you name it. Seat Giants got it. That's all I'm going to say for now, but more in the coming weeks as we do our best to team up with these guys even more. Saturday, March 31st, Nerdgasm, a Del Toro tribute. That's right. How else do you want to spend your Easter weekend? Del Toro tribute? Why not? Featuring a blend of Toronto's best established and emerging talent in circus, drag, Variety and performance art. Nerdgasm brings Del Toro-themed dreams and nightmares to life with acts based on or inspired by Hellboy, The Strain, Blade Two, Crimson Peak, Pacific Rim, Pan's Labyrinth, and The Shape of Water, which many of you know, likely know, probably know, was filmed here in Toronto. 7 p.m. The Isabel Bader Theater, which is 93 Charles Street West. Twenty five dollars, or if you're a student, it's only twenty bucks. So head over to nerdgasm.eventbrite.ca, pick up your tickets for Saturday night. Now Sunday, April 1st, April Fool's Day. Actually, we're going to stick with this circus theme, kind of this weirdness that we got going on from Saturday night. On Sunday, it's the Bazaar of the Bazaar. That's right, the Bazaar, B-A, of the Bazaar B-I. Check out this on Sunday. The Bazaar of the Bazaar brings you arts, fashion, and crafts that are, well, different, interesting, weird, strange, Fill in yourself, one-of-a-kind, macabre, whimsical, just things that flip your brain out. Everything is handmade and Canadian, so fancy that. It's 11 till 8 on Sunday at the P.F. Bowman School for Ballet and Creative Movement, which is on Six Noble Street. There it is, your full weekend. Remember... If you have an event coming up, anything that you want promoted, hit us up on Twitter at Stringer Podcast or email us podcast at the stringers, that's with a Z at the end, .com. If you don't like our ideas, that's cool. It's fine. You can just visit seatgiant.ca, use promo code Stringer and save a few bucks on all of Toronto's events, whether we pump it on the podcast or not. Wow, that's a lot of speaking. My throat's a little bit dry. All good. I made it through. Bit of a serious note now, before we get to Matt D. Nicolantonio's awesome podcast, uh, he joined us last week to record this. He came into the new studio that we got going on here. Um, and since then, unfortunately, his grandfather passed away. So it's been, uh, I would imagine, a heavy week for him. So if you want to reach out, give him a digital hug, tell him you're thinking of him. That would be really nice because all of us here, myself, Dylan, Luca, we certainly are. Uh, Matt, as you'll come to learn, is a really, really nice, cool, genuine dude who's just passionate about the work he does. And yeah, when something like that happens in your life, it's pretty shitty. So Matt, we're thinking of you. We love you lots, And uh, we're wishing the best for your family. So without further ado, we bring you Stringer. Podcast number 17, our second crossover episode with a 416 sports show and Matt D. Antonio. Cue the sacks! I haven't seen all of it, but okay. I have seen it. So there's a running joke. Do I sign um, or, Yeah. I'm red. It just means that you
1: don't put up with my spit.
0: Well, that's fine. So they have a running joke with one of their funders who's who who events the Three Comma Club, Or okay. he's part of the Three Comma Club. It means he's a billionaire. Okay. And then he, have you seen it, oh, Dil? Yeah. of course. And then he goes from the Three Comma Club to the Two Comma Club, and he's like so depressed. <laughs> so depressed and then he gets back up to the three comma club and he's super happy 970 year that's not even a thing that's not even <laughs> a thing <laughs> but <laughs> that's what i think of when i think of these multi-billion dollar companies is at that point they're just fighting to be part of the three comma club yeah for me it's like i always feel the more money you have or you're making the less it seems right because if you say like like that's 99 of them yeah but then you can only have 1,000 you can only have one of them yeah or 100 and yeah it's more money but it's not a very impressive number yeah like 1 million you're like but I only get one of them (laughs) I want 798 of them but you can can have 1 million and then another 500,000 $1,500,438.67. I want as many individual digits. I sound really bad
1: right now. You Uh, sound like a small business owner.
0: (laughs) Matt Dina (laughs) Clintonio on the podcast. And here's the exciting thing that nobody knows. And I just told Dylan the other day, you have technically been on the podcast before.
1: I was the original guest on the podcast before it was actually a podcast when we were doing
0: all of our tech setups and we wanted to run through an episode or an interview to make sure everything works and it doesn't sound like crap i was the guinea pig you were the guinea pig
1: <laughs> it was me and and greg and were, greg veerman were
0: co-guests and kylie, kylie was technically yeah. produced yeah and uh i was like at the end i was like okay this is never gonna see the light of day <laughs> but at least i know the microphones work <laughs> And funny enough, we had this ongoing problem with the board that we never really solved. Like we we couldn't. Like the board never really showed true levels. And it wasn't until Dylan came along that he pressed the magic button. Just the magic touch. That's and it and the board started working properly. It always like showed our reading as
1: like really low. Well, that's why you go get a fancy education like me and Dylan did so that you can (laughs) press the magic button. You spend $30,000 for broadcasting school so you can press one button and solve everyone's problems. That's what I'm
0: missing is my piece of paper (laughs) to allow me to press the right button. It's like a key. Absolutely. It's what allows you into the world of levels. It's like the key to the city. Are you a Harry Potter fan? Absolutely. A Diagon Alley? Yeah. Like... Diagon Alley only certain people can access, and you got to tap the right brick exactly, and then you get in behind. Yep. You guys know what brick to tap, mm-hmm. and I'm just looking at a straight brick wall, depressed. But have you been to Universal Studio since they put in the Harry Potter stuff? Yes,
1: about seven years ago. I think it had like just opened when we went. So, uh, to my knowledge, it has like expanded and improved since then, which just it is blown. Has blown
0: my mind. And now I want to travel to Los Angeles just to go see the one there. Because my mind was blown. <laughs> like, you sneak behind what looks like a bathroom and you're in a full-fledged diagonal Alley where kids are, like, waving their wands and casting spells and making it rain, which is just water coming out of, like, this yeah. shower head. But it's amazing. Like, it feels like I'm either on a movie set, which is magic to me, or in a magic world which is incredible.
1: Yeah, that, that's what it was designed to be, I guess. So,
0: <laughs> I guess they accomplished
1: they, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Do you get to do much travel? Uh, not anymore. No, No? I did some travel for work too before I started MLSE, but now it's that freelance life. I joke that you know I get as many vacation days as I want, but <laughs> you're you don't there's get no paid if no. you take them, and you're a lot worried there's no work on the other side. Like yeah. I don't know about
0: you, but I just keep taking on more and more and more. Yeah. Because I have this
1: like part of my brain that says it's going to dry up. As a freelancer, they always tell you, you know, never to never say no to work or, you know, never not really take time off because when you go on vacation, there's 10 people behind you that are going to do the work for you. And then, you know, if the bosses like what they do better, then, you know. Because you went away for a week, now you don't get to work at all. So, I don't necessarily always look at it like that doom and gloom, but it's kind of the same way. It's like I'm just always, you know, during the winter, you know, I do a lot of work with with Leafs and Raptors games, so you know, I don't really want to miss any of that. And then summer comes around, and it's much lighter in the summer. I I can take you know, vacation a little bit now. And and a couple of years ago, we went to Florida. My parents have a place down in Fort Myers. So we took, took a week because it was like, yes, there's not a lot going on. I, I can go this year. And, um, but we didn't go anywhere last year. And now it's like, I'm getting married this year. So it's like, save Jeez. up for the wedding and the honeymoon. So Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so now it's like, we can't afford to go on vacation. No. We have so much <laughs> other stuff to pay for.
0: <laughs> uh, life gets so much more complicated the older yeah. we get. Yeah. Where it's just like, it's like playing a video game. Like in the first couple levels, you love it because you level up your character so easily. You're like, oh, I just have to beat this one guy and I level up to go to three. And then you get to like level 12 and it takes you like weeks to go to level 13. <laughs> yeah. That's life. Yes. That's, it's a metaphor to life because yeah. it's like, listen, the older you get, the harder your next benchmark is to achieve. Absolutely. stinking depressing, man. (laughs) I just want to keep leveling up every other day for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, first of all, for those who didn't read the little headline, this is is our second crossover episode. Sports, it's funny, I say this all the time. I've worked in sports specifically for about a decade, and yet I wouldn't classify myself as a sports guy. Mm -hmm. I'm like a story guy for sure. I'm all these different things. Sports... I like it. It entertains me, but stuff doesn't stick in my head the way it does with some people and and we have a mutual friend, Dave Leader. Mm-hmm. Dave has this uncanny ability and Dylan too and probably yourself as well. But just to like recall the <laughs> string of events over three years, that leads that person to this current day? It's like, oh, yeah, it's just like when he was with the (laughs) Schmuffelschmidt And, you know, he played against the Pirates. And then, you know, that led him to a career change where he then joined football and played for the Patriots. And then then he went over to hockey. And I'm like, how do you
1: know all of this? I am 100% like that. Has Dylan ever told you about the game we used to play called Guess That Goal Score? No. (laughs) So when Dylan and I were both working with... Uh, the MAM department with MLSE. one of our main jobs was to to catalog all these assets. And a lot of them were like old Leafs games or Leafs game in an hour or whatever. So these games that are probably from about, about a decade ago at this point, maybe eight, eight to 10 years ago. And so we'd go through the game and, oh, look at this game from December, 2009. So we would just turn to each other every once in a while. And so we'd have to pull up the box score and f- fill in information or whatever. So it's like this Leafs Islanders game from 2009. And Dylan would turn to me and he'd say, Leafs beat the Islanders 5-2. This was the date, guess the goal scorers. And so I would have to say, okay, so it's 2009. So it's probably, I'm going to say, Jason Blake, Darcy Tucker, you know, XX and X. And, you know, we'd try and get as many correct as possible. And then when you couldn't get the, uh, you know, if there was one or two that you were still missing, we would give clues about this player. And it was, okay, so he played for the Ducks, the Rangers, and the Sabres before coming to the Leafs. He was drafted by this team in this year, and so we're just giving each other clues. And more often than not, we would guess it because we just know all of that information. We were very productive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Evidently. (laughs) Now, I'm trying to decide, would this succeed as a game show or would it fail miserably? We
1: (laughs) contemplated pitching it as a
0: show for (laughs) Leafs TV.
1: (laughs) We ultimately didn't because we think that nobody would be as interested in (laughs)
0: this as we are. (laughs) I remember when I was uh, I was working in a digital department, and a and, uh, very dear friend of mine, someone I want to have on the podcast at some point, Chris Clark, would bring out like a sports card, and he would read the back of it, and it was like, guess who this player is? I had none. like I wouldn't even vote. like I wouldn't even put in a guess. I'm like, I don't know. And then he'd chuck the card at you if you're right, and you had to keep it like at your desk as if this is how many trophies
1: I've won. I do like doing that just to, to freak people out sometimes about like how m- much useless information I know. More recently, there was uh, somebody in our apartment came by and it was it was even just stuff from this year. It was like, hey, I need uh, this Leafs Islanders game from, from this year. Like, can you restore the file so that I can edit from it? And they weren't asking me, but I was beside there. And I was like, oh, do you need the January 31st game? And they're like, no, the more recent one. And I was like, so that would be February... 22nd and the person who was supposed to be looking up was like how do you know that and like <laughs> my brain is full of useless sports information my
0: favorite thing is that so like leaves tv back in the day like would play the like just a bunch of different random games like on the tv all the time you'd see like games from like 10 years ago and matt would just be able to be look at that game it's like oh yeah i remember where i was for this game and all that stuff's like oh yeah and i think like what he called scores here in about like 10 minutes like <laughs> he has that complete Recollection that's amazing. (laughs) All right. We're going to get off sports at some point. (laughs) But before we do, if there's one seminal moment, I think, in recent history that a lot of people can say, Where were you when? A lot of us would point to Game Seven, Leafs and Bruins. It was an epic game that came to an epic fall where Boston was down by three goals and within the last 10 minutes of the game not only tied it up but then won fairly early in overtime Mm -hmm. and the Leafs went from moving on to moving on to the golf course
1: (laughs) do do you guys remember where you were oh I was um I was at my, like, My I was living at home, so I was, I was watching the game with my parents. And um, the reason why Clay brings this up is because I told him in a pre interview <laughs> yeah, yesterday. You're to not bring supposed this up, to say that. No, I'm, I'm giving. That was the, pretty I'm smooth. The, I it was say, very smooth. That was very, it was very smooth. But I'm, I'm giving. I'm giving the listener a peek behind the curtain. Do like, not look behind the curtain, either <laughs> of us. No, don't go back there. So my dad. Uh, is part of a season's ticket group and that year I was part of a season's ticket group as well Uh, separate groups and neither of us got tickets for the first round which meant that we got tickets for the second round so that same night um, the Rangers and the Capitals were playing their game seven and depending who won that game would influence who the, the Leafs would play the Rangers won like five nothing in Washington and so a lot of the talk was which would you have rather had? Would you have rather been blown out in game seven or suffer that terrible, you were going to win and then, and then lost um, defeat. So the Rangers won and, and because we could see that the Rangers were going to win because they were also up big, you know, they, they finished the job where the Leafs didn't, it was going to be Toronto and the Rangers in the next round. And the Leafs, oddly enough, were going to be the home seed, which was crazy. So that meant they got games one, two, five, and seven at home. And so, my dad and I were were kind of talking like, "Oh, which game do you want to get for the next round?" When, you know, he said, "You know, i will probably take probably take game one. Like that's going to be awesome. Game one of the second round. I haven't been in the second round since 2004. You're not supposed to look ahead. You know the it's, rules. Yeah, You're no. the one who ruined it. <laughs> yes, they would have moved alone. on if it was not you. I was you the only one talking about the next round for <laughs> sure. So we were debating about which game of the second round we wanted as. The Leafs are, you know, crumbling in this game. Uh, and when Boston tied it up, I remember I was, like, sitting in a chair similar to this one. But I was, like, leaning forward and there was a, an ottoman in front of me. And when Boston tied the game, I just, like, punched the ottoman. Oh, poor little. It didn't and, do anything. It didn't yeah. break. Like, okay. I didn't punch it that hard. But my dad was like, can you like stop breaking the furniture? (laughs) And I'm like, I didn't break anything. My sister called during the intermission before overtime and like, you know, just to make conversation, I could, I could hear it. My, my dad was like, yeah, your, your brother's, you know, breaking all the furniture. And I was like, I didn't break anything. But he had to take the remote away from me during overtime because he was afraid I was going to like throw it through the TV. But at that point, we were just like so resigned to the fact that the Leafs were going to lose because you don't come all the way back in that game and then lose. So, like, you knew that Boston was going to win. And so, when Boston ultimately scored, I wasn't even mad because we already knew. I just kind of like, (sighs) and I just got up and like walked to my room. (laughs) But I think the worst part was at school the next day. I'm not sure which class you were in, Dylan, but I was in like the The TV class that day, where we were putting on like 15 minute highlight shows, but we had to do multiple of them. And in each show, obviously, the lead story was the leaves blowing the game. And we had the sound up of the Bruins radio call of Jack Edwards, you know, calling the winning goal. And it was just like, If I wasn't in school or like at that school, I would have tried as hard as possible to avoid like any contact with the sports world the next day, just to avoid reliving it. But instead, I had to go to school and hear that call like nine times of of the Leafs losing, which was which was pretty frustrating. But yeah, that's definitely a remember where you were moment. Luckily for me, a lot of the other like big where were you Toronto sports moments of the last. Three years, like I was there. Mm. Like MLS Cup, I I got tickets and I was there. uh The Jose Bautista bat flip game, I was there. Like the Centennial Classic between the Leafs and the Red Wings, another Leafs three goal blown lead in the third period, but now the savior Austin Matthews won it in overtime. I was there, mm. so I feel like I feel pretty fortunate that. And all of those were as fans, not as you know mm-hmm. through work which normally be like yeah you work in sports so you have to be at all these cool moments and it's like yeah but then for all of these ones i had to pay to be there <laughs> nate so you'd consider that centennial classic as a seminal moment in the grand scheme of things like it was just a regular season game but like it was a very cool experience and again one of those like you know where where were you for that for flip, that kind definitely. of definitely a hundred percent absolutely
0: mls cup even though i guess maybe maybe like it it's a championship by, you can't roll like, like it is
1: a championship
0: but The bat flip, like the bat flip was everyone. It was like a shockwave went out and everyone heard about the bat flip. It became a thing.
1: That's a moment that, while it's great, would have been so much better if they had won that year. Like it was it was absolutely a great moment, a great game. But it was like it was in the first round. It it was a, a series clinching game. But they ultimately lost in the next round, which wasn't even the final round. So it's like when, when people put it on the list of like all time great Blue Jays home runs, like of the moment, like yes, it's great, but it had nothing to do with a championship. So it's like, like it goes Carter. a little bit farther. Yeah, like it's it's not Joe Carter because that was literally a home run to win the World Series, but it is probably number two.
0: I would think, just given the time that's passed since Joe Carter, I would imagine. Batista would be first. Recalled. Yeah, it's definitely
1: a generational thing. Like yeah. for me, I was four when Carter hit Homer. I don't remember it. Oh man, so I'm sorry. don't say that. I'm sorry. Um, As yeah. the resident old man in the room, <laughs> I draw the line okay. when you mentioned
0: the age when he but flipped. You're his right. Bat.
1: For for a lot of people, it's that that was their first. You know, Blue Jays playoff experience. On my personal list, yeah, it's probably number one. Be- because I was there. Even if I was old enough to remember Carter, I might still put Bautista's first because, like, I was in the freaking building when it happened.
0: I would have loved to talk to him about that and, and more, like, the effect that it had on a city. Yeah. And I feel the bat flip gave Toronto... It was just another piece that gave Toronto a reason to be proud of itself mm-hmm. instead of always putting itself in second or third or fourth place. Mm-hmm.
1: Was that also, that was the night that TFC clinched a playoff spot? For the first ever time. Yeah. yeah. So and I, remember, I was working that game. Yeah, and so I know, I know, I know that, Dylan, yeah. Dylan was as well. And I just remember thinking like, man, TFC waits 10 years for like an opportunity to finally get in the playoffs and they're thundered. Totally stolen.
0: I want to do a piece that looks back on that night because I know there are fans that were at both mm-hmm. that was there for the bat flip. And then as soon as the game ended, ran, ran over to BMO, yeah. BMO field. And because Seba's goal, Sebastian Chavinko's goal came uh, late in the second half, I want to say around the 78th or 80th minute they caught the goal yeah, and the goal came in second for goal of the year yeah, that year. And because it was fantastic, it wasn't just what it did for the team. It was an unreal individual effort and it lost to a goal that looked the exact same. yeah, Like legit, it was a coin toss at that point because like one was going right and the other one was going left, but essentially it was the exact same goal. But I would love to get together a group of people. And really dig into what that night was like, because I believe, although there's a lot of these individual moments that have happened for teams over the years, there isn't a crossover moment like that. Yeah. Now, I'm curious, what makes either of you guys, what makes it so attractive to absolutely drown yourself in this world... (laughs) like like and and you're not dying but you are like trying to catch your breath and everything that's going on and then you're not only going to enjoy it you're then going to make it also your means of employment <laughs> so that really it it is you know a 7 day a week thing that's a
1: phenomenal question it's hard for me to answer because th- this is going to sound crazy I don't know any other way. Like, I've been like this since I was a kid. And, like, my, my dad's, a, like, you know, a big sports fan. And I don't know if maybe he's not as much a fan as he was when I was a, a kid. I, I don't remember how, you know, how into it he was back then. But I know that, you know, he definitely got me involved in sports. And I, I played sports all year round, hockey in the winter, uh, baseball in in the summer. But I'm not quite sure what it was that just made me be like, I need to watch all the games all the time. And that's just all I want to do. And then like, I've known, I've known since I was in grade seven that I wanted to be a sports reporter and I've never really considered anything else. And, you know, I'm sure you've, you've heard the saying, if you're, if you're doing something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And that's kind of like, just what that sounded very appealing to me. And it was like, you know, if I'm going to watch all these games anyway, I might as well watch them for work and get paid for it. So that's like, that's, that's part of the thought process. But like I said, I've just, I've, I've been like this as a kid. I've, I've always, you know, watched all the games and it just, there hasn't really been another way. Maybe that sounds like crazy in the bubble, but like, I I don't really know any other way.
0: I think, I think everyone has this obsessive part to them, but just in some people it's more obvious. Yeah. Right. Or, or, or their passion. Yeah. If you switch the word obsession with passion, Or switch it back to obsession, because it basically means the same thing. Um, Some people's pride is more at the front. Mm -hmm. Today you're wearing a Blue Jays hat. Mm -hmm. It's not like I could wear, I don't know, a hat of my favorite author if I obsessed over... You could, but you might look weird. I have uh, another pal that I've known for quite some time, um, and, and he is the most emotionally tied I've ever seen to his team's. Where you you speak of like punching the ottoman and he will say we haven't watched a lot of games together. I'm probably on this level. He will cry. (laughs) Oh, I don't cry. Like he will cry. He will like you can't touch anything on his desk that represents his favorite team without him becoming extremely agitated and at that point, it's just that sounds like, more OCD th- than I think. That's else. how you poke him. Like that's how <laughs> yeah. you you poke the bear. But I've never I, I've never witnessed someone with that much of an emotional tie, mm-hmm. and I find it fascinating. It blows me away, but it also intrigues me. I think more. Mm-hmm. I want to take it to even another level because you've decided at grade seven you're like this is definitely a road I'm going to go down because I love sports so much. I watch it all the time. And then you choose the field that's like really, or the 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 specialty that's really like the one in a million chance. I'm a numbers guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. But it's like you wanted to choose the most difficult road of getting there, if at all possible, and you still succeeded. But there's got to be this this moment where you're like, well, maybe I just take the easy route.
1: Like maybe I can work in ticketing. <laughs> I think at the time I didn't realize how difficult <laughs> it was going to be. Um, and then even, you know, as I'm graduating high school and, uh, I remember going to the university fair, like in November. And, and, um, so I went to Carleton for my, my undergrad for journalism. And, um, I remember, you know, going to talk to them and saying, you know, I want to go into journalism, you know, what kind of marks do I need? And they said, you know, you need, you need an 88 average in high school to, pretty much, you know, to get in. And I think at that time, my average was 84 and I was like, okay, so I'm close, but I got to put some work in, in the last few months. And so I did. And, and the Carlton journalism program, they accept 200 people by the into second year. It's a hundred people e- either survivor through, style, both either through, they, they have a benchmark of, you need, you need these marks to advance to second year um, but there's also a lot of people who get into the program and realize that's not what they want to do and they'll drop out of their, of their own accord. So 200 start about hundred into second year, our graduating class was, I think 73 at the end of four years. Um, then after that, I, so I was like, you know, this was great, but want a little bit more specialty. So, and I had heard of the place that Dylan and I went to school together. It's called the College of Sports Media. It's a private college here in Toronto. I'd heard of it, I think, when I was in my second or third year at Carleton. And so, and they said, they're like, it's not post-grad. Like, you do not have to have a university degree to go there. So I had the option. I I could have left Carleton and gone there right away. But I made the decision. I was going to finish the four years at Carleton. And then if I still wanted to do it, I pursued at that point. So I finished my four years at Carleton, decided this school looks like absolutely what I want to do would be a great training ground. So I went, did that for two years. That's actually how I got the job at MLSE was, you know, they, MLSC sent out a sort of like, Hey, we're hiring to our school. And our president sent it out to all of us and said, Hey, this is a really like entry level job, but this is a great company to get your foot, foot in the door. And so that's what I did. I, I started with an department that I still work in a little bit, it's the media asset management, which is essentially the the video library of everything within MLSE. And from there, I springboarded it into Marley stuff, Leaf stuff, Raptor stuff, TFC2 stuff. Uh, I think the industry has has definitely gotten even tougher to get into since I started that six-year journey when I went to Carlton in 2007. I feel like
0: everyone says that. Now, why do you feel that The industry has gotten tougher.
1: Well, first, if you look around the industry and it just it feels like there are more frequently job cuts than job creations, um, whether it's on the newspaper side or the broadcast side. Um, They also I feel like they want as few people as possible to do as many jobs as possible. So it's like this reporter we're in years past may have only focused on the Leafs or only focused on hockey is now they're also going to do tennis or they're also going to do soccer or they're also going to do this. Shout out to Laura Armstrong. If you're (laughs) listening, there's also, you know, the, I feel like there has been an increased number of former athletes who are given TV analyst spots, which is, you know, they have the experience and that's great for them. But again, whereas if you look at a a panel on TV where maybe before it was, if it was a panel of four, maybe before it was four journalists or three journalists and one athlete. Now it's one journalist and three athletes. So there are fewer job creations, and the number of people who want to get into the industry probably has not dwindled. So there's, you know, maybe if it, before it was a thousand people competing for for four hundred spots, now it's a thousand people, maybe more, competing for seventy spots. So, and that's why, you know, there's the rise of blog and podcasts. It's, this is a way for me to have a built-in audition tape or a built-in experience because employers will always say, you know, we want somebody with a little bit of experience. Well, how do I get experience if if you won't hire me? And the, the old adage always was, you know, you go to small market Canada and then work your way forward, but that doesn't always work either. There's plenty of people who go work in the middle of nowhere and they never make it, you know, up to where they want to be. So, you know you start your own podcast so that when you want to work for the fan or TSN radio you can say hey here's 3 hours of of tape that you can listen to me that they won't listen they won't. to 3 no, hours they won't listen to 3 hours That'd but they'll them. they'll listen to 3 minutes Yeah, but definitely. that's 3 minutes that you know you've created on your own that maybe in the past was not you know was not as possible kind of thing
0: I'm glad you brought that up because as I started this journey of the podcast I have found that I've really um, drawn close to creators, mm-hmm. right? Like people, I kind of went down with one mission statement, and realized as as we book guests and get people in and and, and go uh, through conversations that I'm actually trying to reach out to people who who create things on their own and 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 satisfy that side of them. But I I would imagine as much as yes, there is this. Um, secular side to it where you're like, now I have an edition tape. Now I have portfolio material, written material. I would go back to what you had said about do something you love you'll never work a day in your life and say, well, technology has given us the ability just to do what we love in the way that we originally wanted to. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like if you wanted to be on radio, in radio at one point, you can now essentially... Be in radio Mm -hmm. by creating a radio show, um, whether it's hosting a podcast or they have like sites and streamers where you do it all live. Now Mm -hmm. you legit go in and do three hours live, which is unbelievable. uh, Incredible. The fact that we can have even the little bit of equipment that we have
1: uh, here allows us to do that if we wanted to. So when I started the podcast, which was just earlier this season, it was just something that, you know, I could do. I could do on my own. Schedule so if I have a day off or a late start, I can I can do it. It take you know it takes me an hour and a half, two hours, whatever to do it. So you got to dedicate a chunk of the day. But I wasn't necessarily waiting on somebody else's schedule. i I've had I've guests on here or there, but not every episode. But you know for the most part, it, it's it's just me and and I like the the freedom to kind of be able to do it whenever I, I like to do it Mondays. But you know if I got to work Monday, I can do it Tuesday, and I'm not you know. Not playing around with, with anybody else's schedule. But when I started the Four One Six Sports Show podcast, I originally was going to do it as a video show, like a YouTube show. Oh, interesting! And so I had the the tripod and the little contraption to set up my iPhone and whatever. Um, so my plan was I was going to film with my phone, and then I would just I would have my computer and my podcasting mic recording the audio, and then I would mix the two. Uh, but I quickly found that the audio records at a different frame rate in the two. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out how to sync, to sync them or it yeah. was going to be more work than it it was worth. So like you get to the point if it was a 10 minute file and now all of a sudden like the audio and video are like two seconds out of sync. Yeah. And I'm like, that's impossible to, to fix. Like it would take so long. Uh, and I just I didn't think the audio from my phone was going to be good enough for what I wanted. And then I also realized that like in the sports landscape, I feel like podcasts are more successful than, than videos. Like, cause a podcast, you can, you can sit at your desk and listen to a, to a 40 minute pod. Like my podcasts are usually about 30 minutes, but with a video, I feel like there's when you're supposed to be working <laughs> <clay. Yeah. laughs> uh, with a video. I feel like there's, there's more of a, like you need to pay more attention with sports. It's, it's easy. Like, yes, you could have me on in the background. Absolutely. That's like, you don't need to be looking at me. Um, some people probably don't want to be looking at me. Um, glad you said it, (laughs) (laughs) but I just, I just feel like in this market, people are more likely to listen to a podcast than fire up YouTube and, and watch a seven minute video. And I also felt like I did a couple of trial runs and I was like seven to 10 minutes. I was like, I'm just scratching the surface about what's going on. Like, Nobody's going to watch this because it's not going to be interesting enough because like, especially if you're doing it once a week, like you got to condense seven days worth of stuff for four to five teams into 10 minutes. Like you're essentially just going to end up reading box scores and giving one thought and people are going to walk away after 10 minutes and be like, unless I unless anything. i didn't watch any of the games i didn't learn anything there so the expanding it to you know 30 35 minutes means i can give more of my opinion and and that kind of thing and i feel like people value that more than a 7 minute video if you're going to do video you have to do it almost daily and i i don't have the time for that interesting that's a very good point I, and i agree with you
0: i feel at least my relationship with the podcasts and, and with the different people I've interacted with online or in person that have listened to this one is that you attach yourself to a personality and it becomes in some sense a relationship mm-hmm. that you have. The, the people I choose to listen to are almost like friends mm-hmm. because I want to hear their voice for mm-hmm. long extended periods of time as they explore different subjects. Mm-hmm. Because I may agree or may disagree, but I do really appreciate their take on it. And that's the relationship you have with someone conducting a podcast where my relationship with television or like I have friends that are producers on Sports Center, and for me, that's the gold model. And It is very visually attractive. In the sense that you are never on the desk for too long without a graphic, mm-hmm. without a highlight pack, mm-hmm. without a top 10 countdown, without some sort of funny audio whatever thing happening. Mm-hmm. And they keep you moving or they throw to a different set where they have three analysts breaking yeah. down one specific play. They keep things moving extremely well where it can even be on in the background. But you know if something catches your attention, they're like, coming up after the break or coming up next, we look at Austin Matthews' goal against Detroit and you can look and see something in 30 seconds Mm -hmm. and now be more informed or better for it Mm -hmm. where it becomes very hard when it's talking heads Mm -hmm. um, on a desk for like 30 straight minutes. The relationship you have um, between the two mediums is is extremely different And, and that's why it was... Me falling in love with podcasts and with the different personalities that then made me want to use this format mm-hmm. to explore the friendships I have already. Mm-hmm. And so now essentially I get to listen to you, Matt, for an hour mm-hmm. and I get to listen to someone else for an hour talk about the subjects that really interest me. And again, I may agree with you or may disagree with you, but this format really works for me. Um but yeah, just someone being able to go out there and 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 spend minimal amount of money and start whatever they want. I love that. Like I just I wish I could kick everyone in the butt and just be like, yeah. "Oh, you want to do it? Just go do it. Yeah. Please,
1: please just go do it
0: because I will probably end up listening to you and falling in love with your silky silky voice." I,
1: I love the fact that you said, you know, the, the relationship with with podcast podcast hosts, even if it's people that you have never met and don't know. Completely, But if you listen to their podcast, you feel like you're part of the group. Connected. So the example that I'll give, and I am the same, I love podcasts. I listen to, uh, you know, podcasts. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but the ones that I do, I will listen to to pretty much every episode, so I'm constantly listening. Um, and this is going to reveal part of my my dorky side. Is so I'm a huge fantasy football player. I th- so that's not dorky. It like is, it's that like fits the mold. It fits it fits my mold, but like a neutral. Dylan's observer. a commissioner, aren't you? Don't you commission? Oh, so am I. so am you're I. Co- anyway, this is not the point of the story. Can we go back? To I, talk so I, about Harry Potter. I, we can't. After <laughs> this, we'll talk about Harry Potter. So during the football season, I listened to two daily fantasy football podcasts. Holy smokes. Yeah. That are about an hour each. So I'm like every day I'm listening to two hours of fantasy football podcasts, but one in particular, the ESPN one, they, they definitely make you feel like you're part of their, their group. I feel like they are my friends or I am friends with them and I know so much about their lives and it's like, that's kind of weird. Like I, and they volunteer all that, in, that information. They tell their own, their own stories. So it, it's not weird, but it's like, I know so much about them. They know nothing about me, but I feel like we're all friends, which is very, very interesting odd feeling. It
0: is. It's extremely odd. And so
1: then like, it, it does get to a little bit of a point when the football season ends and they're not doing podcasts every day, obviously that it's kind of like, Oh, huh. I kind of wish that they would just do a podcast about like other shit so I could listen to them talk for an hour every day like I would listen to them talk about other stuff and they actually last year they did do a couple of like sort of like spin-off podcasts like I don't remember what it was about like oh it was what was that show that everybody was was watching um Making a Murderer Oh, I haven't seen I it. I never yet. watched it, so I didn't listen to the episodes. But they'll they did, see it. Of course, they'll see it. They did They did a few episodes because, you know, everybody had their own theories about that show and the case and whatever. So they did a couple episodes on that. And I was like, man, I wish they had done it on something that I follow so I could have listened. Like the ultimate crossover for me would have been if they had started doing a Game of Thrones podcast. Because Dylan <laughs> and I listen to Game of Thrones podcasts as well. But yeah, it's just like it's crazy that you can sort of immerse yourself into their lives and stories and like they have thousands or millions of people that have immer- have immersed themselves into into their lives. Do you want to talk about Harry Potter now or something else? Like
0: <laughs> I I sometimes feel like a fish out of water because I'm just watching things happen and in fantasy it's something that I have tried to get into, fantasy like sports, but then I realize that like you have to daily update your rosters i don't know like
1: it just seems like there's a level of commitment rolling the dice
0: all the time for me or then the guy that i benched went off for like a whole whack of fantasy points well
1: that's yeah you got to live with that (laughs)
0: and and then it just becomes a
1: frustrating game that i feel i can't win but yes some people feel that way But also you say, you know, you got to update your rosters every day. And like like I said, there's a level of commitment. But I would also say if, if you're not ready to make that commitment, don't do it. Because there's nothing worse than being in a league with two or three guys who just aren't in it anymore. And then it's like, you've got five superstars on your roster and And you're you're not even paying attention anymore. Or it's like, even if you didn't bet, even if they're in your lineup, but it's like, you're, you're not participating in the league anymore, but you can fluke your way into a victory. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. And maybe, maybe we shouldn't out him like this, but Jeff Landicho producer of open gym has been in the three Oh seven fantasy hockey league for years. I'm not sure he's made one. Transaction in the four years I've been in the league. But he he has Ovechkin. But he has Ovechkin and Patrick Kane, I'm pretty sure. So it's like his team is always good just by accident because it's a keeper league. So he has good players. But it's like you can lose to him without him ever paying attention just because he has good players. And there's nothing more infuriating than that.
0: This is how I know I don't fit in with the sports world. I worked in that building... For <laughs> nine years, and I never knew there's a 307 <laughs> hockey pool, nor was I ever invited. Whatever, man, I don't need them. I'll be cool over here because you know who I got to meet on the weekend Deanna Troy, Marina. No, no. that doesn't do it for no. Oh my goodness, I can't even talk Star Trek with you. <laughs> no, ah, we saw a Star Wars though together. No, we did not. <laughs> we didn't see Star Wars together?
1: No. Are you no Star Wars? No Star Wars. I'd like none of them. I've seen A New Hope. Uh is that the first, the 1977 one. A New Hope is that oh what it's called? My. Okay, so here's the thing. I had never seen any of the Star Wars movies when I got to university because I had spent so much time watching sports. Like there are a list of movies that we won't bring up that you're you would yell at me for never having seen. Can think, you give like, me like one you, more? Um, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And people say, Oh, how could you never have seen these movies? And it's like, well, I was watching the hockey game instead of watching movies. That's literally all it was. Um, so I got to university. I'd never seen star Wars. The amount of like pushback that I got and like people essentially saying that I was crazy for never having seen it. And then it kind of became like a principal thing that I was like, I purposely didn't watch it to bother them even more. And then it just got, I kind of just like dug the hole deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and it got to the point that because so many people so often so adamantly told me that I needed to I needed to watch them that I didn't want to watch them and I never wanted to watch them and sometimes I'll joke around and be like oh I hate Star Wars it sucks it's the world like I don't actually feel that way it's just I've never seen it. And now I feel like it's too late for me to see it because oh, it's never too late. It's never too late. Um, so, like I said, I've seen. Please tell me I'm right. Re- a New Hope is the one, the first yes. episode yes. four, but the first movie in 1977. Yes. I saw that one maybe two years ago, and instantly a ton of references that my roommates have, like make all the time, like. Be, became clearer to me, but I also like, I watched it and I was like, maybe because I've dug myself so far down the hole, I've, I've also kind of like, yeah, I don't really want to watch. Like, I don't really have any interest in it to this point. I feel like it, when I say it's too late, is like, I feel like it's something that to fully appreciate, you need to have watched earlier in your life. Interesting. Because it becomes a nostalgia thing. Yes. As much as anything else. Yes. And I feel like I'm so far past that point that now it's just a space Western movie. That got a lot of hype. And I'm like, could I do without ever seeing all the rest of the movies? Yeah, probably.
0: I think you could go and watch episode seven and and be back on track. I'm looking to Dylan to see if he agrees because he's basically my safety blanket whenever I say something that might get me in shit on the internet. <laughs> and let's be honest, when you're dealing with Star Wars and telling someone that you can just pick up later... Uh, yeah, you Some get people shit will on.
1: probably say no you're crazy You need to yeah, watch every definitely. second
0: Well you, have an app- you understand who Luke Skywalker is Yes And who Leia is yeah. And Darth Vader mm-hmm. I think you could pick up on the bad robot J.J. Abrams <laughs> episode 7 If not even that like Rogue One I think is just that like It's own little thing Like it's Really? Just, yeah. You think Rogue One? I think that might be the most successful But would you watch it as a one off Or would you start watching there? I think it can be a one off. But it doesn't make sense. (laughs) Why doesn't it make sense? He's seen episode four though, so like what else does he need? But he hasn't seen episode three. You don't need to watch episode. (laughs) But does Rogo this is a really interesting debate. To me, it's kinda like the Ewok movie. Where you do not need to see the Ewok movie. (laughs) I love the Ewok movie. I was a kid. I was the perfect age. I was the target demographic for the Ewok movie when it came out. The Christmas movie on the other hand, I right, think you had no. you,
1: you, you, you just successfully created so many nights in my house when I lived in Ottawa and all of my other roommates were into Star Wars and just having these, you know, heated debates about it, and I'm just like Alright, so Okay, so I I'm, guess I'm gonna go watch sports then. Yeah. So I'm gonna
0: rhyme off a couple of movies and you're gonna have to say yes or no, and these are all oh, movies God. that mean a lot to me. E. T. Yes. Oh, amazing. Jaws. No interesting
1: like i would love to see it but it's just it's probably one of those that like if you don't watch it when it came out like what like well none of us watch it when it
0: came out like none of the three of us
1: but like as you're becoming that age it's like when when do i when do i just randomly make time to watch jaws i suppose i could do it amc is amazing
0: because it airs at least once a week and you just catch it
1: but jaws i'm like i have nothing against Jaws. Of course, if Jaws was on, and like, hey, I've never seen this. Yes, I would watch it.
0: I like Jaws. Um, Back to the Future. Yes. Oh, so we're like two for three right now. We're <laughs> going to the baseball. Yeah, Mall but we Bay. could also
1: go like oh for the next ninety. Jurassic Park. <laughs> yes. Although again, I didn't see that when I was. I watched it like maybe three years ago. I think I had seen parts of it, but I'd never seen the whole thing, and so I watched it right before Jurassic World came out. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, that's before my.
0: I forget which birthday. It was, but they had re-released Jurassic Park in 3D okay. with a bunch of like, yeah. whatever. They just cleaned it up a little bit and my brother took me and that was one of the things we did and that was all I wanted for my birthday oh, nice. was just to see Jurassic Park in the theater again because it's just one of those massive movies and for whatever reason in my history to, oh, I'm pointing to a head behind me.
1: Oh yeah, we talked about that yesterday. Uh, that's, you said that's Bumblebee, right? Transformers? Oh, I told you. Have yeah. you seen Transformers? Yes, I have.
0: Okay well you're fine Dylan am I missing anything In my like Dylan probably
1: knows a lot Like we've talked about them at work In my
0: lexicon of important movies To me You basically named like Every Steven Spielberg movie (laughs) 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 It is very true He does a pretty good job I think you did. And you saw the Harry Potter flicks. Yes, I'm I'm big into it. I
1: like grew up with yeah. Harry Potter. See, again, you were the perfect age for Harry I was Potter. The absolute I had this conversation with somebody like two weeks ago. I was the perfect age for Harry Potter because I read the first one I think when I was 11. I think it was a couple of years after they had come out. Um... But, you know, I was still like a preteen, not at a high reading. I was a high reading level for my age, but like obviously not in the grand scheme of things, a high reading level. So the first like three books were very accessible for me. They came out when I was again, I read them when I was like 11, 13, 14. And then the fourth one where the series turns darker and it's obviously like for a more mature audience that came out I think when I was in grade like when I had graduated uh, elementary school so I was like 14 and you know it built up into I was in in an age where uh, you know you could handle that kind of thing and then by the time the series finished I was I think 17 and a 17 year old could read all seven books but like a nine-year-old could not decide that they wanted to read all of the books as a nine-year-old or like probably shouldn't read all all seven books as as a nine-year-old. So, like, the series kind of matured with me. So, like, yes, I definitely agree I was the perfect age for, like, growing up with Harry Potter.
0: So I got sent the perfect meme, and maybe we'll end on this, uh, from Ariana, who works with us. Uh, She's just, (laughs) she's the only one not in this room. It was an awesome little meme that said, a reporter asked me, if Hogwarts were real, what house would you be part of? and i responded what do you mean if but with that in mind what house do you feel yourself trying close to
1: it's so cliche i want to say gryffindor everybody loves gryffindor um not everyone you're, you're you would right, be not, gryffindor though it's almost like kind of like braggy like yeah i'm in gryffindor cuz like in the in the arc of the of the the books like it's the the best quote unquote best house. Um it's like the jocks. Yeah. The jocks are in Gryffindor. They're like the <laughs> Well Harry is kids. not a jo- I guess Harry was He's, a jock. He was really he good was. at Quidditch, yeah. He's great at Quidditch. That's true. He's a Neville proto-jack. Neville is not a Jock and he was in Gryffindor. true. Uh, but I think if it if it wasn't if it wasn't Gryffindor I, I could see Ravenclaw.
0: You can only pick
1: one. Duh. Gryffindor. <laughs> Dylan, do well, you then, have I'll, a house? then I'll take Gryffindor.
0: Yeah I think like Hufflepuff? Hufflepuff? Hufflepuff I could. Dylan's got a big One of those
1: unassuming.
0: Yeah, I think Hufflepuff heart. and oh. Ravenclaw. I think like
1: I, I could. Uh, kinda, my my fiance says she, like she would be Hufflepuff, and she is like adamantly proud of it. She's like, I would definitely be a Hufflepuff, and like most people are like, oh, it's Hufflepuff. Was not Luna Hufflepuff? Luna was Ravenclaw. Oh, she was Ravenclaw. I yeah. love Luna. Yeah, Cedric Diggory was a Hufflepuff. Oh, he was a jock.
0: Uh, dang.
1: <laughs> but <we're, laughs> None of us here are Slytherin. I think that's just...
0: No, I don't think now. any of us are Slytherin. I'm definitely the no. Ravenclaw. Like that, Ravenclaw has had my heart from like day nothing one. What's nothing wrong with that. That's, I I'm, I'm with all that. in. I realized that just the other night, because I Google things, just because when it's late, you can look up all the characters that are part of each house on Wikipedia on, on a very special mm-hmm. Harry Potter wiki, which I'm very appreciative for. Mm-hmm. I named my cats after Harry Potter characters. How many cats do you have? Uh, right now, we have two. Right now? Well, we <laughs> we're, we're thinking of having a couple no, no, more, no. but we thought no, we'd no. buy a house first <laughs> and settle down a little bit. No, the rule because, is
1: the rule is there's not allowed to be more cats in the house than people than people. Um, no, but I'm, like a few years ago, we had one it was Gibby, named after Blue Jays manager John Gibbons. Um, unfortunately, he passed away soon after we got him, and then we got two new. Little Rugrats, and we decided to name them after Harry Potter characters, so they are Luna and Oliver.
0: Aww. See, what a perfect way (laughs) to end the podcast. Matt, it's been a blast. 416 Sports Show. Look it up on all the places you look up podcasts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: And you can listen to his sweet, sweet voice. And... Uh, we'll plug the uh, the other one as well uh, the 7th inning stretch podcast and that's exciting that, that it's coming back with the j season mm-hmm. it is i'm very excited i'm always super excited when baseball comes back baseball is like i feel like canada more people like hockey it's like it, it it's not taboo but it's like it's like a special little like clique that that really enjoys baseball too but it's also like the weather theoretically is supposed to be getting better my birthday is around opening day. So it's just like, it's always a happy time of year for me.
0: Happy early birthday. Thank you. That's very exciting. My birthday is coming up. Dude, do you have plans yet? Do you know what you're doing? We, we, we talked to this I'm, I'm working yesterday. on my
1: birthday. It's the TFC, <laughs> it's the TFC2 home opener that night at BMO. So I will be down at BMO, seven, seven thirty 30 kickoff TFC2 and the Ottawa Fury.
0: Oh, bring on Ottawa Fury. Yeah. Uh, I was out there for a game last year. In Ottawa. It's a great spot. Uh, so good to, luck. I have to get out there. Thank you. We will have to... I would say I'd come on your podcast. I would... I don't know if I'd say any <laughs> words, though.
1: You're you like, would, have, you would have very valuable TFC insight. You think? Even... I don't know. Even you, you say that you're not a sports guy, but when you're around the team for that long, I've I have to assume you learned some things even by accident. (laughs) I just bump into them and they just fall in my pocket. Like You have regular access to a lot of guys on the team and it won't necessarily, like it wouldn't necessarily be the the type of analysis that is normally on my show. And, And like, no, no, no. Like I have Terry Dunfield on as, as like my soccer insider and he is a former player. So he has you know, the X's and O's and, you know, Columbus likes to a- attack down the wings and they're going to try and you know press Toronto this way. You, you have a, a different but still immensely valuable insight.
0: Well, as the famous coach Jack Armstrong says, it's not about the X's and O's, but the Jimmy's and Joe's. <laughs> and I know the Jimmy's and Joe's far better than I know the X's and O's. So from myself, Matt, technical producer, Dylan Wilson... And we can't leave out Luca Cilebre. Poor guy. He combs through all these, <laughs> all of these uh, podcasts and he never gets the love he deserves. So I want to make sure, Luca, you definitely get the love from all of us, even though you're not in the room. Love for people behind the glass. We That could be another podcast. <laughs> oh, we got to talk about this after. We like to uh, end every podcast the exact same way. I'm hoping you can help me out with it. Okay. Uh, I'm a big believer of... Of just like self-care in the sense that if you kind of take care of yourself in the little ways, it manifests itself in the bigger ways. And so I, I always like to say take care of yourself. And then we throw in and eat your vegetables because that's the nice little that's the nice little reminder for everyone to just, you know, do the little things. So from all of us here at the Stringer Podcast, please, please, please be good to yourself. And eat your vegetables
1: hi <laughs>